0: I see you're taking a lot of notes on secret Hitler. How many of those notes are how much you can't trust me anymore?
1: Pretty much all of them.
0: Yeah, I thought so. Good. everybody. Welcome to the Cooperatives Podcast with the real-life, totally human couple, Liz and Aaron, where we discuss the joys and sorrows of cooperative gaming with a significant other. Today, we're talking about a little game called Secret Hitler. Oh,
1: that accent.
0: Yeah, you like that accent? Yeah. It's
1: yeah. going to convince everyone that we're really human.
0: <laughs> you did a good job. Thank you. Uh, okay, so we're talking about Secret Hitler today, but first, Liz... I want to say thank you to a few of our favorite humans. Great. Do you think that's okay?
1: I think that would be wonderful. Okay,
0: great. Because if you, if you looked at our iTunes page, we had a lot of new reviews. It was very, very exciting for us to see them trickle in right. over or the last few Or Stitcher. There's one on Stitcher. There's six on iTunes.
1: All right. Well, that's valid. All
0: right. Stitcher people, get on it. But in the meantime, I want to send a special shout out to the following people who left us reviews on iTunes. Those people are as follows. Username, Liv Kismet. Username, Pranks Paul. Username, Proto Zero. Username, Rob Y. And username, McChuck42. Thank you so much for leaving us reviews on iTunes. Uh, We we really do appreciate hearing all the good things about the show. Uh, You know what, we even appreciate hearing the bad things. Uh, But hey, good things are better, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. Wait, so did that include the Stitcher person? In the Stitcher list?
0: person didn't leave a name. Oh. It was just one rating.
1: Man, I'm trying really hard for Android, folks. You got to help me out.
0: Yeah, so essentially, Liz and I are a fractured couple, specifically because I'm a big Apple user. No need
1: to specify.
0: <laughs> I am an Apple user, a.k.a. iTunes. But, like, I don't even listen to iTunes. I listen to Spotify.
1: Except for when you're listening to our podcasts,
0: yeah. I'm well, yeah. But even then, I use. <laughs> you're I use,
1: struggling with that, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's so uh, good, yeah. But I also I use a I use an app called Overcast, which was recommended to me by Sean Kelly of the Improvised Star Trek podcast, and it's it's beautiful. It's really? a wonderful app. It's fantastic. is that
1: available on Android? Uh, it should be. I don't know. I I used a, an app called Podcast Addict. Yeah, that works. I I like I've that heard of too.
0: Beyond Pod as well.
1: Yeah, I just I had an issue with my streaming data like wasn't working unless I could actually download a podcast instead of just streaming it. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot. Androids are weird. Anyway, so... Hey now,
1: that was not about Androids. Let's not use this as an opportunity to further your campaign against Android.
0: Hey, I'm not the one with exploding phones. Anyway. We are here to talk about Secret Hitler. Liz, this is not a traditional co-op game. Um, So why are we talking about this one then?
1: So we're talking about this one even though it is just a social deduction, social manipulation, social engineering
0: game. It's kind of like a party game.
1: It is kind of like a party game. Right. And we talked about it a little bit whether we wanted to do it for the podcast or not. And first of all, we both really like the game.
0: We love this game. We've been playing this game for about a year and a half. we Play-tested this game a little bit.
1: You may have. I did not, but yes. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Um, but yeah, so we, we have played it a number of times, mm-hmm. and basically it has some important elements that you find in co-op games too, and that's why we thought it was worth talking about. It is the kind of game where not one person wins or loses, and it requires a lot of cooperation when you're playing, whether they're really on your team or not. You have to be trying to cooperate with people, and that is something that we... I think that's what a lot of people are looking for when they reach mm-hmm. for a co-op game. Mm-hmm. They don't. They want something where they are actually working together with other people. They don't want it to just be, you know, everyone out for themselves. And that's not what this is. You're basically on a team with other liberals or other fascists. Mm-hmm. Um, even Hitler is really a fascist. They're just like also kind of doing their own thing.
0: Yeah. So we're throwing around terms like liberals, fascist. Uh, we're throwing around term like <laughs> terms like Hitler. Terms like Hitler. Yeah. Um, This is a game where you are seeking to figure out who is on your team, but Liz brought up a really good point a few weeks ago that this is a game where you really learn a lot about the other person. So we thought it was a really good fit for the show. Even if it's not always a co-op game, sometimes it's a co-op game, and sometimes, oh boy, it is sure not. Sometimes uh,
1: you think it's a co-op game, mm -hmm. and it's not.
0: Sometimes you make your girlfriend really mad.
1: I'm just saying sometimes... You're a fascist, and your boyfriend's a fascist, and you think you're going to be fascist together. In love. And sometimes, he just totally throws you under the bus. And because and of, the, one because one of that
0: thing. Okay. Okay. Cool. And I have fascist light on this end of the table. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know Diet what I'm fascist. Diet <laughs> fascist. <laughs> Diet uh, fascist just, zero. Just like a little <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn anything. Light didn't learn anything Is it because I named my kids Borgin and Belsen? <laughs> and I don't even <laughs> <and I don't laughs> know about.
1: True story, my grandparents' two miniature schnauzers were named Blitz and Krieg.
0: Interesting. Hey, Liz, you know, I just thought of something. You know, we're recording this because this is a co-op game, but I don't know if we're on the same team. (laughs) Before you get into kind of what the game is about, we'll just say it's designed by Max Temkin from Cards Against Humanity, Mike Box-Leitner, and uh, Tommy Moranges, who does the Philosophy Bro on Twitter, and it's uh, it's got an impeccable aesthetic. I feel like we need to single out Mackenzie Schubert when it illustrated all the cards and oh, the man. design.
1: They're so, like, the, the iconography is so good. It's fantastic. It's just, I, it sounds silly to even be kind of going gaga or whatever over this iconography, but it just it's a really good, mm-hmm. clean, fun game so where if you pretend to be Hitler.
0: <laughs> if you're a big fan of 1930s Germany, boy, do we have a game for you. Oh,
1: man. Uh,
0: how is this game played? For, for those people that aren't familiar with social deduction games, can you just give us a rundown of the rules?
1: So, yeah, and I mean, every social deduction game is going to be a little bit different. The common element will be that you know... One or more people have sort of a secret identity, and that secret identity is relevant to the game. So, I
0: believe you said everybody knows somebody sucks.
1: Yes, everybody knows somebody <laughs> sucks. Um, so you know, like in Werewolf, everybody knows that there are one or two werewolves who are killing people, and part of what you're trying to do is figure out who they are. In Mafia,
0: everybody knows that somebody's a part of the Mafia and yeah. is killing people. I mean, Werewolf and are.
1: Mafia are basically the same game, same in case game. you didn't know. Yeah, so. Um, And in this game, everybody knows that there are a certain number of fascists, Mm -hmm. and there is a Hitler.
0: Everybody gets a secret role at the beginning of the game. They're assigned a liberal, fascist, or a Hitler role. And
1: the number of fascists depends on how many people there are playing the game total, but I think... Maybe the most common setup is two or three fascists and one Hitler.
0: Yeah. So the game changes uh, based on whether or not you have five to six players, seven to eight players or nine to 10 players.
1: There's a mechanic at the beginning of the game where everybody closes their eyes and then the fascists open their eyes. And so the fascists know who the other fascists are. And Hitler does not open their eyes, but they do reveal that they're Hitler. So the fascists know who Hitler is, mm-hmm. but Hitler doesn't actually know who's on his or her team.
0: It's a very heads-up, seven-up part of the game. Yeah,
1: it is a very heads-up, seven-up part of the game. And if
0: you're anybody like me, you like to use your secret voice and narrate it. Germany, 1945. <laughs> the possible end of the Third Reich. Hitler is still in power. There's some liberals too.
1: <laughs> oh he does use that voice in every real life, time in real life yeah. and it's funny because when you use that voice i don't know if this is intentional but all of this thumbs up thumbs down open and close your eyes there's like there's a lot of there's a propensity for for rustling that mm-hmm. can kind of give you away just like in heads up seven up and uh then when you use this ridiculous voice (laughs) people always start laughing in the middle of it and then it kind of hides that it totally works yeah i know that was that was part of your plan the whole time
0: we're gonna go with that right perfect
1: so uh the fascists knowing who each other are ostensibly should be working together Mm -hmm. to try and either cause the group to pass fascist policies or cause the group to elect Hitler as the chancellor. That's how they win.
0: Now, when you say elect at the beginning of every turn, everybody in the game votes on someone to become president and chancellor.
1: Well, so the president automatically passes from person to person. Mm-hmm. And then that whoever is the president for that turn mm-hmm. chooses a chancellor and set and then you're voting on that ticket. So everybody will vote on you to be president and me to be chancellor. And if Even if it's your turn to be president, if we don't pass as a ticket, then it just moves on to the next person.
0: But if that does pass, the president will then take three policies off the deck and then pass two policies to the chancellor, and then the chancellor picks one of those policies to place on the game board.
1: Right. And when we say policy, we don't mean anything sophisticated or boring like that town. (laughs) It's literally just cards that say either fascist or liberal it's
0: it's very very vague you yeah. could be passing a uh, very right-wing liberal policy or a very
1: yeah no they only policy. they only say one word it's to ensure that the the parliament or whatever actually reads the bills right mm-hmm. it so, comes back
0: to that iconography just a very simple fascist or liberal it's very effective in that
1: right way. well and it's it's stuff like that in a game like this is key because if it took a different amount of time to look at certain things, then mm-hmm. that would be a giveaway. And you don't have to worry about that here, which is very nice. It's it's well thought out in that way.
0: And it's color-coded. All the fascist stuff is red. All the liberal stuff is blue. Makes sense. Yeah. So let's say you couldn't read, you know what a color is. Oh,
1: that's good. You can still be Hitler even if you can't read, boys and girls. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. What a great endorsement.
1: Right. So, yeah, that's the basic mechanics of the game. I mean, there are some little complicating factors. So as fascist policies are passed, additional powers become available to whoever is the president when that last fascist policy was passed. So... The, unfortunately, the liberal track doesn't really offer similar benefits um, just like except real life. for right. but the liberals are the good guys and should win in the end and they're just <laughs> in it to make the right choices for everyone else. The fascists are just trying to pass fascist policies so they can shoot someone later.
0: Yeah, so like that's the thing after three fascist policies are enacted, whoever is president on that fourth fascist policy? They get a superpower, and that superpower is murder. They just get to shoot right. somebody.
1: Depending on how many people you have, right?
0: It's always after the third one. Man. Yeah.
1: That's that's pretty powerful stuff, fascists.
0: Yeah, it, it changes. I mean, it does vary a little bit depending right. on how many people are playing. But if you're playing a game with 10 people, that first fascist policy, you get a superpower.
1: And to clarify, there are more fascist policies in the game, right, than liberal policies? Yes. So, so at a certain point, that this is the complicating factor. Because yeah. otherwise, it would become very obvious but at a certain point, you will only have fascist policies as an option. Yeah. But you, will, like the chancellor and the president, are actually the only people who know which policies were drawn to begin with. So that's kind of the crux of the whole game.
0: The fascist policies outnumber the liberal policies two to one. So if I were to pass Liz two policies and she passed something, everybody would ask us like, well, what did you give her? Liz, what did you see? Why did you play that? And a lot of the game takes place in crosstalk. It takes place in just observing what a character is doing. (laughs) A character. (laughs) Observing what another person is doing. A lot of the game, uh, it really happens outside of these rules. Right. The thing I love about social deduction games is that so many of the things that happen during the game don't happen during these rules. We're telling you what has to happen every round, but in every game that we've played, whenever a policy is passed, there's five minutes of crosstalk.
1: Oh, absolutely. And especially at the beginning when everyone is still trying to figure out information about other people and some, you know, everybody has a different strategy for playing. Some people try to sow discord immediately. Some people will try and count cards. I mean, that can be helpful in this game. There's not that many cards. And if you are clever about it, you can count the policies that are available and use that to figure out if someone was lying so you and i
0: played enough where like we get really mathematical on it
1: i mean it's very helpful and that was actually something we picked up from one of the creators when we played with him was he's spot on about it i mean obviously but it it made a big difference in his style of play and if you are in a position or sober enough (laughs) <laughs> to to be keeping track, then it's a it's a helpful thing. I mean, there are there are myriad ways to approach playing a game like this.
0: Liz mentioned something. You should not play this game sober. You should definitely play this game with beers. Because this is the sort of game where like you're gonna be standing up and yelling, I think you're a fascist, I think you're Hitler, I hope you're a liberal. Like, maybe you don't shout that. But this is the type of game that's meant to be fun, it's meant to be lighthearted, and the games only take like 15-20 minutes apiece. We've probably played this about 40 times because it's so easy to play a few rounds just every time you sit down at a table. It's meant to be just as fun as The Third Reich was meant to be.
1: Oh dear. Yeah, it is a it's a lighthearted look at uh 1930s Germany.
0: Yeah, it's like that Roberto Benigni movie Life is Beautiful except uh, a lot more congress. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, as we discussed, we don't always know if we're playing on the same team. Specifically, even if we're playing on the same team, we don't always have the same motivations. So I guess the question is, how does this work as a co-op game?
1: In the purest sense, it does not, right? Because in a in a real co-op situation, you should be able to depend on cooperating with the other people that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And you can't, I mean, that's sort of the essential part of this game is that you can't, mm-hmm. uh, but... If you do actually, I mean, and that's not to say, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you know right away that somebody's on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things about playing this with a significant other or a, another kind of partner or friend that you know really well is you might say, I can tell right away what, so, what side that person's on.
0: So the first time we played Secret Hitler, I remember this clear as day. First time we played Secret Hitler, we were at the Cards Against Humanity. New Year's party ringing in 2016. And we played Secret Hitler with the developers for the first time. And it was a big thing. It was, we had a full game of 10 people. It was great. And I came under fire for being a fascist.
1: Oh, I, I remember. I
0: pulled at everybody's heartstrings and I was like, guys, this woman is lying. The person who accused me of being a fascist is a liar. Why would I do that? I don't even know how to play the game. And everybody was like, we don't know what to do. Spoiler alert. I was a fascist. My play style is to be very, I would say, emotional. And I like to pull at people's heartstrings. I like to invoke an emotional response in people.
1: It's funny that you say emotional.
0: I feel like you play a much more logistical game. I feel like you you selectively choose to bring forth information that will make you look better. But and and n- leave others what? out.
1: No, this is not even a 100% accurate description what? of your playstyle. So we, we played not that long ago. And there was an oh, incident. This? Yeah, this. 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 <laughs> so Aaron was made the president. I was sitting next to him. And so he nominated me chancellor. And it made total sense. So everyone took it. The thing is, mm-hmm. Aaron and I were the two fascists.
0: I need to preface this. What I was doing... I thought was the right decision.
1: So Aaron and I were the two fascists. Oh boy. And, and, but like I said, probably we would have been made the president and chancellor either way. Probably. You know, um, but by happy coincidence, we were able to be the first people in office and Aaron drew two fascist policies and a liberal. Uh huh. And he passed to me a liberal and a fascist. And that's a common strategy, regardless, again, of what Mm -hmm. the other person's party affiliation is. Because if you don't know, you're trying to get information from that other person. Mm -hmm. So you give them a choice, you see what choice they make. But since there's that whole heads up, seven up bit at the beginning, Aaron and I knew that we were fascists. We locked eyes. We We were were fascists together.
0: fascists in love. It was pretty hot.
1: Well, it was. (laughs) But... He gave me this choice and I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and pick the fascist card because we're on the same team and he's going to back me up and we'll just say we had two fascists to pick from and Mm -hmm. we just had to. Mm -hmm. And so I played the fascist card and he lost it. He was like, oh my gosh, I gave her a choice. She picked fascist. She's Uh a fascist. This is terrible. Mm -hmm. What What a dumb thing to do right at the beginning. Give yourself away. And I was livid she
0: i've never seen liz this angry we've been dating for just about two years like like just about just about and i as soon as i made that decision i learned something about you and that was don't do this to liz do not
1: betray me do not
0: betray liz
1: it was awful
0: well so i did that i did that because i thought it would be a great way to take heat off me
1: that doesn't, Which, by the way, make it sound better to me. This is where the mock. Totally thing comes in. I totally sold you down okay. the river because I thought it would make more sense for me. All
0: is fair in love and secret, Hitler. That's all I'm saying. But False. My, strat- <laughs> my strategy was to take the heat off me. But really what it did was it cast doubt on the two of us throughout the course of the game. But later on, somebody had the power to investigate one of us. And that's when the other wrinkle came in.
1: Well, right, and it... it just so happened that this someone was a very nice guy that I had never met before. Twinkling and I, in his whose eye. Whose name uh, escapes me at the moment. Uh, by pure coincidence, this person's significant other was Hitler. Hitler. And so she was doing a bang-up job, just like kind of laying low and not attracting a lot of attention to herself. But this guy was sitting next to me and... I he could tell I was so angry. You were visibly upset. I was. I was scared. So, he, I okay, I don't want to give <laughs> anyone the wrong impression here, but uh he he was clearly like a middle child type diffuser kind of person and and he was like, "Hey, it's going to be fine. I really like your glasses. Where did you get them?" And I was like, "I got them from Jenny Optical." Like <laughs> So uh he was really nice and, and he seemed to be kind of like, I don't know, she wouldn't be this upset if it wasn't a lie. And what's funny is I'm not I said, I'm not a great actor. I was just upset because you That wasn't acting, me that out. was real. Yeah. That was real. If I had been trying to fake that I was upset, it would not have been successful. <laughs> but yeah, so that same individual who was kind of on my side is the one who had the opportunity to to look at either one of our cards. And damn it, he picked mine. And I just sort of watched his world fall around him as you he realized. Broke
0: him. He shattered like a glass vase falling from a 20-story balcony. It yeah. was amazing to watch. You totally deconstructed this man in front of all, all right, of us. All right. So, 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 but what what happened was So then everyone thought, well, Liz is a fascist. Aaron was telling the truth. I was exonerated. So the good thing that came out of this was when I was president, nobody thought that this woman that I elected chancellor could have been Hitler. So I said, well, I'll elect this person. Everyone said no. I'll elect that person. Everyone said no. So when I just kind of like, when I just kind of like.
1: Offhandedly.
0: When I just kind of offhandedly suggested this player to be chancellor none of that batted an eye and it turns out that player was hitler she was elected in his chancellor and the fascist one
1: we did win
0: i felt way way better because <laughs> i thought this is either gonna end spectacularly and we're gonna win or we're gonna go home and have a talk like i was not looking forward to the night at home like oh no it was never- definitely
1: helpful that we won it was and i mean i Again, I don't want it to sound like I'm like a crazy person that was going to be screaming at you. Oh, no,
0: you you definitely had you definitely had rhyme and reason to be angry. It was a shitty move on my part, but I still think like you don't get stories like that from other games. Secret Hitler is a type of game where you get to see that emergent storytelling come from the game and it's different every single time. Next time we play, we could both be liberals and it could be entirely different Every time we play, it's different, it's fun, mm-hmm. and for the most part... It's exciting. Pe- people don't take it too seriously.
1: Yeah, right. And I mean, right. Most of every other time I have played, it hasn't been a very serious thing.
0: This was just a spectacularly interesting game right. that we talked about. And it,
1: it was, it was a, after an afternoon of drinking as well, Oh, yeah, we were, we were three, relevant. four beers deep. Um, but yeah, so I guess back to your original question about whether this works as a co-op, <laughs> I will say for couples who are looking for a cooperative game they should just be aware that there is a possibility that you will be betrayed in in game by your significant other because that's what they've got to do
0: but also if that's your thing like if your thing is being betrayed this is the game for you (laughs) like like if your thing is being deceived I wonder
1: is- if it's too late for them to add some some comments <laughs> on the box.
0: I want I I want somebody to etch in. So we got a special edition of the box. It comes in this nice hardwood case. It looks like it houses nuclear launch codes. But I want to be able to etch on the side the most fun you can have during the Third Reich. Right. And then on the other side, it said, "If deception's your thing, this will do it." Yeah. Um. What did I learn about you? I I feel like I already said it. Like I feel like you you play games much more logistically than I do. I tend to get into more emotional parts of it, whereas you you really do use logic. you You tend to count the cards. You tend to think about outcomes, whereas I tend to try to form partnerships and alliances and then break them.
1: Yeah, it's funny, though, because, you know, that Machiavellian sort of turn that uh-huh. you took in that other game, that's, that's more me. of a logical approach. And I'm the one who had sort of an emotional reaction. So... Maybe I learned something about myself there.
0: <laughs> Maybe Secret Hitler about is about my
1: th- tolerance for betrayal.
0: Maybe Secret Hitler is really the friends we make along the way.
1: Is it? Yeah, is sure. That? What?
0: I don't know. Ah. It'd be fun. Um, but with that being said, uh, Liz, I really enjoyed playing this game with you. I
1: really enjoyed playing this game with you. And I, really you. I, and I will play it many more times with
0: yeah, you. Yeah, I think we're going to have that story for years to come. Um, <laughs> but uh, Liz, why don't you take us over to the credits department? Uh, to round out this episode.
1: All right, I will do that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. We produce this podcast every other week for your enjoyment. Please come back often and feel free to add the Cooperatives podcast to your favorite podcatcher. Reviews are very welcome and will help our show succeed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cooperatives CooperativesPod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CooperativesPod. If there's a particular game that you think we should play and discuss, please don't hesitate to send us an email at cooperativespod at gmail.com or leave us a message anywhere on social media.
0: Boy, that ended a lot quicker than I thought it would. (laughs) Uh, Zoned right out. (laughs) As Liz said, uh, please add us to your favorite podcatcher. We know people out there. Uh, have iTunes, Stitcher, Beyond Pod, Overcast. There's so many different ones, and we're trying to get it added wherever we can. Thank you so much for being responsive on Twitter. Uh, I- I've been using Twitter a lot to kind of gauge what people want and how people can get the show. And everyone's just been so nice. The reception's been fantastic. To everyone that has reviewed us, thank you so much. If you want more shows from the Versus the Universe network, you can go to www.versustheuniverse.com, facebook.com slash universe, or just type that into Google. Guess what? We'll show up. Uh, for the cooperatives, I'm Aaron. I'm Liz. And thank you guys so much. We'll see all you humans next time.
1: Ta-da. ta Oh, shit. Ta-ta. How do humans say it? How
0: do... Wait, ta-ta? <laughs>
1: Tata for now. Tata
0: for now. TTFN. TTFN. Well, bye.
1: Ugh.